What's going on guys? My name is David Gibson and welcome back to another episode of SIDcast. This is number 39, which is a number I, I never thought I'd get to and I know that I say that you know basically almost every intro, but uh, guys, I have to keep this one pretty quick because I know that this episode is really long. Um, I'm kind of worried about uploading it, so I'm going to like I said, keep this short and sweet. Tim Hansen is our guest today. Uh, I, I have a um, like a, a, a list of people I want to have on the show on my phone, and it's an ever-growing list, and I swear people who keep volunteering, I'll, I'll get to you. Uh, and ironically, when I like a day after I created the list, uh, Tim Hansen messaged me and said that uh, he would like to be a guest, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I already, I already have you down, man. <laughs> it's just a matter of getting to you. So um, we waited a couple of weeks, and then finally we were able to record, and, and we had this you know, great long discussion that I, I really, really do enjoy, uh, and I hope that you guys really enjoyed this one too. So that's where we will start today. If you guys haven't already, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and you can also follow us on social media using backslash sports info cast, because SIDcast is already taken, and also you can uh, uh, follow us on Instagram at Sports Infocast, or I guess you can just look up SIDcast. I, I'm not, I'm not really sure what, how to do Instagram. Something I don't really kind of invest my time in, but something I'd like to change nonetheless. Um, next week we will have Jim Powers of Maryville, a fellow uh, GLVC guy from my conference that I currently work in. Uh, he'll be on the pod, and then afterward we'll have one more episode I believe and then after that I'll be taking a break and then we will have the one year anniversary campaign to where I, I, I'm creating some things and I'm recording some stuff that I think that you guys will, will really really enjoy so it is exhausting so if you don't hear much from, from me or uh, see much of what I do it's because I'm probably heavily invested with some golf and tennis we have going on here we have some home soccer games we just got done with a, a home volleyball uh, invitational and I just this today's a Monday, and I, I just took this whole day off to myself, and I'm watching Monday Night Football right now. So uh, important to do that, right? That, I mean, that, that's at least at least that's what I'm telling myself. But um, yeah, we will start off with Tim Hansen today, and his experiences in his undergrad years at Central Michigan before he eventually led himself to uh, being an internet Davenport, or under the uh, direction of former guest Aaron Sedgraves right here on SITcast. Well, Central Michigan, actually, it's not even that great of, a, of an answer, but my older brother, who I honestly I looked up to, especially as a teenager growing up, um, three years older than me, he went to Central Michigan, visited him a few times when I was in, in high school, um, always had a good Good experience there. Had a lot of fun. Was close with him. Um, still am close with him. Um, and at the time when I went to college, I actually wanted to do, I wanted to teach and I wanted to coach. And Central Michigan has a really good education program. Um, they had like a coaching minor. And when I started out, that was like what I wanted to do. I wanted to, I wanted to teach high school, like math or science, something like that. And then just coach basketball, coach whatever. Um, when I got there, I really got involved in our sports management program. Um, actually, right away, I dropped teaching right away and did our sports management. And really, my first experience, I did a, I did an internship at a tennis tournament where I was like PR, media relations for that. And I really enjoyed it. I'm one of my friends in sports, sports management, part of SMA, Sports Management um, Association. He was my boss there, and he said I did a really good job. So, honestly, my first experience, I, I never did sports info for Central Michigan. My first experience with it was as an intern at Davenport for uh, Darren Saygraves. Um, I just remember I emailed him kind of out of the blue. I needed an internship, needed 400 hours for my, my, final, uh, my final thing for my degree. And he's like, yeah, sure. Um, Come work for me. Grand Rapids is close to where I'm from. I'm from Greenville, which is, is like a 30-minute drive to get to Davenport most days. So my first taste really at Davenport in Rip's game, I remember, um, there, it was a women's basketball game. And women's basketball team 
undefeated at that time. I think they were like number two in the country, and they just went up and down. They averaged like 80-something points a game for women's <laughs> basketball. Um, they just pressed. They just got after people, and they just they just dominated, and they tore it up. And It was like the first time I'd really seen like NAI, NAI women's basketball game, and it was just like unbelievable, the experience, um, seeing the level of play. And I remember it was one of those where I just tried to take it all in because there was so much going on. And Aaron, he does a good job. Um, now at Cornerstone, when he was at Davenport, they do so much. Like there was so much video, photographer. Um, I think there was some media there. Like there's just so much going on. And first experience, that's why I just I remember it sticks out. Oh, just this women's basketball team that ended up just rolling teams all year. And I just saw a random game in December. The first first game I saw, they just came out and just looked phenomenal. And that's really my first taste of SID work. I think I just like tweeted. I didn't even do much that game. I think I. Just was tweeting uh-huh. kind of updates every every now and then, and on a little like um, a little tiny computer, or they called like netbooks or whatever, and one of those. Like that was my that was my first taste. Okay, so uh, real quick, I want I want to know one thing. You didn't even you didn't know what you wanted to coach. I mean, did you have some direction of what you wanted to coach when you went to college? Yeah, I, I definitely wanted to do um, basketball. I wanted to do uh-huh. like boys basketball. I actually ended up still coaching. I coached some middle school um, basketball, seventh uh, and eighth grade, seventh grade one year. Then I did the same group eighth grade the next year. So I still did a little bit of it. That's really my only coaching experience that I've got, like in my career. I like to joke about it sometimes with our basketball coaches. Hey, I do have two years of basketball coaching experience, even though it was middle school. But uh-huh. that's really. What I was passionate about, I always was big into basketball, and I thought I'd be a basketball coach and teach some, teach uh, high school something. Yeah, yeah, I, I know most people like when I when I first went to college, I, I wanted to be a cross country coach, and that was going to be like my end all be all. Yeah. And then I broke my legs, and then I met Zach Shore, and I'm like, you know, this is kind of this other stuff is kind of cool. So I, I completely understand the dropping the whole coaching thing. Um, another thing I want I want to talk about real quick is. What prompted you to just email Aaron Sagraves specifically about doing a specific internship like that? Well, I remember I was talking to my advisor, and he, I kind of knew like of sports info. I didn't really know a whole heck of a lot, but it was one of those I'd already I wanted to stay in college, work in college athletics. I like doing. I I work for the student newspaper, um, like writing all that sort of stuff, and. Apparently, a coach at Davenport, who also was the assistant SID at the time, um, she was in the grad program at CMU. So it was one of those like, oh, we have this little connection we knew of her that going through or going in the master's program at Central. So it was one of those like, just reach out to that school. We got we got a master's program student that is an, at that time an assistant coach for their softball program and the assistant SID. So just contact them, and I really. Didn't know Aaron at all. Didn't didn't know anyone at Davenport really, um, and just sent an email saying, "Hey, this is me from Central. Like, I need 400 hours internship. Like, I just wanna I want to get to know the business, and it's close to home. I can live at home and just commute and do that for a semester. And I mean, it really just was kind of out of the blue. It was just an advisor saying, "Yeah, just reach out to them, see what they say." So I because of that, I really enjoy like I I can't say it happens very often. Um, if ever at this point, I love it when I just get someone who just emails me and says, Hey, I know I don't really know you. I'm just trying to look to get a start. Like, yeah. I love those sorts of emails because it just makes me think of myself and my start. Yeah. 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 I completely agree. I know that there are a lot of people out there. That's why I like this thing so much is because that everybody's trying to help everybody, you know, and I'm, and there's a lot of people that kind of started like that and not that they're very grateful and like yourself, they want, they want to help out as much as they can, but uh, primary contact duties at Davenport. I read that you were just kind of thrown into men's hockey. Yeah. Yeah. How was how was that transition going from you know I I know a little bit about sports info to now I'm kind of in charge of hockey and baseball and we'll get to lacrosse here in a second. But what was that like? Yeah, I really got thrown in. Um, hockey was, was so much fun at Davenport. Um, I got thrown in there. They have, actually, Devonport has multiple um, hockey programs. At that time, they had a D1 hockey and D3 um, in their club. They're not NCAA. I mean, they're NAIA 
and I didn't sponsor um, hockey, so they were kind of like club programs, but they treated them like varsity sports. Right. And I would travel to all their games. I'd get all their home games, and I'd travel on the road. I mean, we had some fun trips to Connecticut. Um, I mean, we had some close. Most of our games were close in Michigan, but still went on those trips. And it was just, it was fun to get to know the players, the coaching staff. Um, it's, it's really, it was, it was just an awesome experience. I knew a little bit about hockey. I mean, hockey is big in Michigan. Um, so, I mean, I'm a Red Wings fan. I like college hockey as well. Um, I enjoyed going to those games. But to actually get thrown in and, like, covered all the time. And we also, I did stats for it through, like, Sturps, uh Sports Engine. Like, we did live stats. And we get official stats, too, from the ring. So that the reason I went all the time was to just do live stats so people back home could, could watch. Um, and it was awesome. It was, it was so much fun. I, I'd literally just show up to the rink. Some of the rinks, we'd be, I mean, it was clubs, so we'd be random places, and I'm trying to find a place that I can hook up Wi-Fi or, you know, my hotspot and maybe have, like, an outlet so my computer doesn't die. I remember one game... These parents were mad because my charger, like my computer was going to die, so I plugged it in, and it was right in this walkway, um, and it was it was a different level, and just hockey guys, too, they're, they're different. I mean, I mean that in like a good way. Yeah. The coaches, the players, they just care about each other so much. Um, I just remember the coaches one time just being like, do you see so-and-so player? He seemed a little down today. Like, could you tell? And... All the coaching staff automatically were like, "Yeah, I could tell too." And I'm like looking at him like, "He's down." I couldn't tell. Like my experience, I couldn't tell at all. And so they're like, "Yeah, I think it's something with this, something with this." And it was just amazing to see like how close those guys are. I mean, not just they weren't just like teammates. They felt like they were one big hockey family. Uh-huh. Um, and that's my experience. I mean, that's the only hockey program I've covered, but I've gotten to know hockey guys different parts of the country and it's just that's my experience with all hockey guys they're just so caring and they it's funny they play like a game where they're just hitting each other they you know they got fights they got stuff like that but when it comes down to it they're still like so awesome to hang around because they just care about each other so much yeah uh, i know another one <clears throat> excuse me is uh lacrosse guys and it's kind of the same way and you mentioned earlier is that the nai did not sponsor hockey the nai did not sponsor lacrosse until a couple of years ago where the but your former conference, my former conference, the Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference is like the pioneer in those sorts of things. So for those that, that don't know what it's like, uh, and, for, and for anyone on the background, club hockey in college is the ACHA. Uh, so what is it like having to deal with you know both the NAI slash NCAA and then as well as a, a club organization and a university that treats those club sports like their actual varsity teams? What, what was that like? I mean, it was just awesome. There, I mean, there was no line. There was no division at all. You didn't know, like, what team was NAIA and which team was a club team. They felt like they were all the same. Um, I'm not sure if it's like that anymore. I mean, it's been, shoot, that was six, seven years ago at this point. But it was it was awesome because everyone was just, they were just Davenport student-athletes. They were just there to play and to get an education and, you know, have a good time. So it, it was awesome because they also... At that point, they had 20-something sports. They had so many student-athletes, a small school where most people there were student-athletes. Um, so it was just it was awesome. I mean, the, the AD at that time was still coaching one of the hockey programs. So there was a strong emphasis on having great hockey. That was the other thing. All those programs there, even now, are very, very successful. Uh, hockey, We, I think they, the year before that, the D1 hockey team had won a national title. The D3 one came close. I think we lost in the quarters or semifinals. We were right there. I mean, we had a really good team. So it was awesome just because there was so much success. I mean, successful program. And when you're treated like any other student athlete, it's just, it was a great experience. It's a great um, athletic program overall, whether it be at this I know at this point they're kind of transitioning to D2, whether it be, you know, those actual intercollegiate athletic programs and some of those programs. It's just awesome. So moving forward a little bit into your career, I'm curious what it was like, the job process was like 
getting the Fort Hayes State grad assistant job. Were you comfortable moving away from Michigan and going to Kansas of all places? So, how I ended up at Fort Hayes, um, my, that semester when I was at Davenport, I just started applying for any graduate assistant position, any internship, just anything that I could find. Um, I, had, I had a few interviews at some certain schools for GA positions, internships, paid internships. Um, and honestly, it kind of, I was getting a few, but I mean, I was applying, I applied more than a hundred places. I know that. Um, <laughs> and then I didn't know anything about Fort Hayes State. It was just one of them that I applied to and they called me back and they were very professional. They were very quick. Their, their hiring process, you could tell was just very, very good. They, you, you can really tell hiring processes, how certain schools operate. And you could tell that was a school that really knew what they were doing operated at a very high level, very professional, and honestly, I just, I applied online at, like, NCAA Marketplace, they followed up, wanted to do a phone interview, I phone interviewed, I actually had, I phone interviewed the week before I had graduation from undergrad, and I actually had two other interviews that week, too, and they told me, I think I interviewed, like, on a Thursday, they said they'd get back to me by the following Monday. The following Monday, I didn't hear anything. I was kind of like, oh, I didn't get it. No big deal. They're probably reaching out to the person who got it. They'll accept it. But probably 24 hours, I'll get a call on Tuesday saying I didn't get it. And I remember Ryan, who's SID at Fort Hayes, and he's still there. Uh, great guy, great SID. Um, he called me the next day. He kind of just, he's a, kind of does small talk. We were just small talking, just, you know, uh -huh. how's it going. And then he says, sorry, I meant to call you yesterday, but we were confused by who was going to call you, he thought um, the chair of like the Health and Human Performance Department, which is what the graduate assistant position was part of, was going to call, and he thought that Ryan was going to call. So he called me, and I'm just like, okay, what is he going to tell me? What is he going to tell me? I felt like he probably, he probably was talking to me for like a minute. It felt like 30 minutes. And he offered me the position. And I remember, I didn't even think about it. I said, all right, I'm in. And I remember Ryan's response was, Really? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't a weekend to figure it out, I have to think about it. Um, I'd actually never been to Kansas. I mean, they heard me on a phone interview. So I, uh, I remember I was just super excited because I had a graduate assistant position lined up the week. So, like you said, or like we kind of talked about before, but I, I want to know a little bit more about what the process was like moving from Michigan, a place that you, you've always been, like you said, you, you've never been to Kansas. So what was that yeah. logistically like and, and personally for you to, to just kind of uproot yourself and move to a different part of the country at a young age? Um, well, it was, it was actually probably easier than I thought it'd be. Um, it was really nice. They had another graduate assistant in sports info at that time, Doug Sell, and he contacted me right away and said, hey, I got an open spot in this house that I rent, and I'm like, okay, what can I afford? And it was so cheap. It was very, I mean, Hayes, Kansas rent is very affordable. I mean, we were on the cheap end. Most people, they didn't spend more than 200 bucks a month for whatever place they were renting, and we spent less than that. So that was lined up quick. And then moving out there, I literally started August 1st, and that was a, I think it was a Tuesday, um, and I moved up that weekend, and I had a Dodge Magnum, and I just remember I loaded up that with a twin bed, a bag of some clothes, and maybe a few other things I could fit, which I did find out you can fit a twin bed in the back of a Dodge Magnum, that's really cool. <laughs> I've, done, I've used that a few times to my, to my benefit, I still have that vehicle, um, I remember I just drove out there, and for the first week, it was just, I had my bed set up, um, a suitcase with some clothes, I think I had a few suitcases, and then the following weekend, my parents drove from Greenville, Michigan to Hayes, Kansas, like a 13-hour drive, with the rest of my stuff, and I mean, I was a small bedroom in a small house, with, there was four of us, um, so I didn't have much, I didn't bring much, so it was, it was actually pretty easy, I remember... When I first pulled up, I called Doug, and by the time I pulled up, he was outside along with my my two new roommates, and they were out there just 
ready to take everything out of my vehicle. And I was like, if this is how Pace Kansas is going to be, this is going to be a really fun experiment. <laughs> they, I think right, we shook hands, and they're like, all right, let's take this stuff inside. Very helpful. Um, just a great experience right from the start. I'm pretty sure right away they were like, hey, we're going across the street because the best burger place was right across the street from where our house was. So um, it was it was awesome. It was a Saturday. Um, I remember it was super hot. I'd never experienced so much heat. It was it had to been 100 degrees. Um, and then that night they had like a high school, they hosted a high school all-star game. Like I think it was like Shrine Bowl, something like that. Yeah. So right away, there, uh, I remember Ryan was like, if you want to work that, you can. I'm like, First Saturday night, I don't know what else we do. So I remember I helped out that first um, football game because they did, they did stats for it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they did stats. So that was my first experience calling some stats for football. And then after that, I mean, it was it was easy. It was easy to just transition. Hayes is in a very big town, but it's a, it's a nice little college town. There's a, a lot to do and just a ton of great people. Just um, the university had a ton of great people, and really, Ryan made it easy, and Doug, who's now, he's the SID now at uh, Southwestern Oklahoma State, he made it just so seamless, the transition. I mean, just moved in with them, just took me in like they'd known me forever, and it just was a great experience from the start. But while you were at Fort Hayes State, uh, I noticed that you had some of your publications were actually, you know, highly acclaimed. Was that a goal of yours, or, or were you aware that you were be getting some recognition for the things that you have done? I mean, what what was that like? Yeah. So Ryan, he, if you look at what he has, he's he's won tons of awards for his media guides. Um, he does a great job with his media guides. And so it was one of those, you have that expectation, and I think it's a conference expectation, too, that MIAA, I know Fort Hayes does a good job, Washburn always seems to be winning awards for their media guides and their designs, that sort of stuff. So it's just, that was always expected. Um, it was still one of those where you'd get something, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it was surprising, but you kind of expected it just because that's the level that that office was running at. They, ex- they expect to be winning awards every year. So you just came in there, and that's what you expected to do. I mean, you just kind of had that that level um, was was in place. Uh, What about the move to Newman? Uh, Same question, what was going on during your life? How did you get there, process, you know, whole thing? So Newman kind of came out of the the blue. Um, I remember... I hadn't even applied, and they were interested in me. <laughs> and they were also interested, they actually were interested in Doug as well. And Doug interviewed there, and he also interviewed at his job that he has now, Southwestern Oklahoma. And um, he ended up, I think he ended up, I'm not 100% sure, so I want to say something that's not accurate. I don't know if he got offered both of them or what happened, but he ended up picking Southwestern Oklahoma. Um, and... I think he told Newman, like, hey, there's another graduate assistant at Fort Hayes, and I think he'd be good for this job. So they called me. They Actually, I think they told him to have me apply. I had applied. They called me right away. Um, kind of had, like, an informal. He called me, the AD there, called me on, like, a Sunday. I was watching, like, uh, NFL football. Like, we just talked about he was from Pittsburgh, talked about, like, the Steelers and just random, like, NFL stuff, just kind of, like, just, like, a long-lost friend, I guess, like, just talking about random sports stuff and getting, I guess, getting a feel for each other. We really didn't even talk much about uh, the job or really Newman, like, sports info, what's the expectation, anything like that. Just kind of two guys just having a conversation about what's going on in the world, I guess. And uh, after that, he called me, I think it was a few hours later, and said, hey, we want you to come to Wichita and interview. So I interviewed that week, and they offered it to me on a, it was on a Wednesday. We actually had home basketball. We were playing Central Missouri on doubleheader, and he called me during the first women's game. I didn't pick up, and I called him back between games, and he offered me the job. Um, 
And I was like, man, I can't even think about this right now. We got two games going on, running all over the place. He's like, all right, yeah, I'll give you some time, you know, take, take, you know, a day or two, figure it out. And I just remember I got offered it, and I, it barely even crossed my mind at that point because we had so much going on with the basketball game. And be called right in the middle of it. And uh, so, yeah, the next day I remember I ended up calling him back, uh, super excited to take it, super excited to go to another. I mean, I went from maybe two years in being in Kansas and seeing else, where else I go to end up being five years almost total um, between Hayes and Wichita. But I remember I was really excited because uh, Wichita is a pretty big uh, place to live. Um, it was in a nice area of town. It just it reminded me a lot of where I was from in Grand Rapids area. Um, it reminded me a lot of Grand Rapids and everything that they had going there. So uh, really that's happened so quick. I just remember it happened very, very quick. And it was one of those I couldn't even think about it. And it, by the time I got away from two basketball games, and it's kind of like, wow, this is a big step. This is a this is an awesome thing to be a, offered a head sports information D2 job at 23 years old. Mm-hmm. So um, it was very easy to take after that, after thinking about that. I mean, I talked to my parents, talked to some other people. Um, I got some thoughts. I, I always I have a few people. I remember I talked to Ryan. I mean, Ryan, Ryan's huge influence on my whole career. And then I remember I talked to Aaron as well. Those two are by far my biggest mentors as, as far as sports info. Those are the two I feel like if I'm making any decision in my career, and sometimes even in just in life in general, I always want those guys, those, their input and their thoughts on it just because I know um, – I just respect them so highly and what they've done with their careers and not only their careers, what they've done with their families and, you know, their lives outside of sports info. So um, I remember I talked to them and they just, they said it'd be great. I remember thinking like, oh, I'm going to leave softball, baseball, like that's kind of stinks as being the only GA at that point for Fort Hayes. But I mean, Ryan was real supportive and it was one of those, he's like GA position. That's only for, you know, another few more months and then after this you'd be looking for a job anyway so uh he was really understanding and it made it made it really easy for me to just make sure i had his support and talk to the right people and they said you know it'd be a great first step first first like full-time job so it's really how it came about uh hang on i gotta pause to take care stop it to take on a couple of things that that you said uh stemming off of that i want to know and we haven't talked about this in any other podcast where your mindset was at as far as where you saw your life was going? I mean, where did you think you would end up? What were your goals at the time of your GA? I mean, did you ever see yourself being head of a D2, like you said, at the age of 23? No. I thought I'd be, you know, like a GA, two years, be done with that, become like an assistant at at an NAI D2, something like that. Like, um, at that point, it seemed like there was a lot of D2 assistant jobs that were close to being open or coming open for the possibility. Um, so I thought, you know, I'd be a GA, maybe get something like that, maybe have to take another, like, in paid internship type thing somewhere. Like, um, I really did not expect to be a sports information director at a D2 program at such a young age. Um, and then to have, like, an assistant AD title as well, like, it was, it was just... It was just a feeling like I wouldn't. I, if you asked me that a year prior, to maybe even six months prior, I would have said there's no way. Um, so it was, it was just an awesome, awesome feeling to get a position like that at that age. Uh, another thing that that has, has crossed my mind here: how common is it for schools to actually reach out to potential? you know, potential SIDs that, that could possibly work for them. How common is that for job seekers out there? Um, I guess it just really, it just depends. I mean, I think it, it's easier regionally. Like, I'm sure um, I wouldn't expect someone from across the country that barely knows who I am to reach out. But I can think of places that have reached out, you know, that are maybe in the conference, in the in the uh, region, you know, that we might have crossed paths, we might have uh, played each other, you know, they 
gone to a game and experienced it and like what they saw, like stuff like that. Um, especially at the same level, I don't. I mean, it's so it just varies so much depending on circumstance, the school locate. I mean, it just there's so many variables with that. But I know there's a lot of a lot of SIDs. I talked to other SIDs about positions, um, and I know when I. It, it really just depends on the situation too. Like I know when I left Newman, I had a lot of say as far as helping them find someone to replace me. And I know that that seems to be what I think is the most common is someone leaving, and then um, that person leaving helping out to try to find a good person to replace them. So I think that's the best way to to really get a job if you're looking at to network with people um, to really find something new. I don't think it's really that common to have like an AD just reach out to you directly for jobs, but I think people at the sports info level to work in those positions. And they, I mean, most of those guys have a better idea of what, what might be a good fit for that position, who might right. be a good for, fit for that position and really what the expectations are um, and who can really come in and do that job. Okay. All right. That's, Sounds reasonable. And like you said, when right before you, you took the Newman job, and I promise we'll, we'll move on from this here in a second, but how important is it, like you said, you talked to Aaron, you talked to Ryan, how important is it to have those mentors and those people that you can talk to in your professional you know, development? Oh, I think it's, it's very important. It's, probably one of, it's one of the most important things to have. I mean, big decisions, it's hard to make by yourself or really to step back and have perspective on those decisions. You might see like, oh, this is great for me because of this, but then you talk to someone and they help you understand other aspects of it, um, maybe outside of just specifically for the job. You know, they will help you look at it more maybe family life-wise or personal life, you know, that, that balance between actually having a life outside of sports info or, you know, still being a person that can identify, be identified as, as something more than just a sports information director. Um, so it really, my mentors really helped me, um, I guess they kind of say balanced in my life, um, balanced as far as my emotions. Um, you know, there's always the ups and downs of stuff right. going on. Um, so just stuff like that. I feel like they really just help give balance and, also, they seem to be some of my biggest fans. So, I mean, everyone likes to have someone kind of cheering them on or following them and, you know, helping them push along. So it's it's just, they're very important. And it's one of those, like, I know I've had some great ones and still do have some great ones. I know I try to be as much as I can a mentor to some younger generations and, you know, help them do what they want to do in their career, help them get to that level where they want to be, help them, you know, maybe find a GA position internship. Um, it's one of those, like, I could, I could think of so many um, out there, so many places that would be great for someone to start or, you know, just really get their foot in the door. So I try to help with that and, you know, try to, try to help them outside of Sports Info too, have more than just, you know, that narrow mind that, you know, there's more out there than just this career and just, uh, just being a, sports information director or an athletic communication professional. Uh, talking about one more question about the work, what you did at Newman, uh, you kind of expanded the coverage, you know, basketball, the, uh, the, re the soccer, uh, I see wrestling right there. I don't know how you do that, but you did it. Uh, volleyball, baseball, softball. I, I mean, and at this point, I'm sure that there are very, very few out there, but at this point for an athletic department, maybe that's not sold on maybe having that sort of coverage. Uh, maybe not sold on investing some sort of equipment. Maybe they do have a coverage, but they don't have equipment. Uh, how would you suggest to those people who are having frustrations with their, you know, departments, their bosses, uh, how would you suggest that they go about trying to introduce expanding that coverage to, for their university? Yeah, I, I can speak about frustration because it took, it took a year took more than a year to even get an upgrade and then it took another year to really get to a level where I was happy with mm -hmm. when I was at Newman as far as our streaming and it's it's one of those um, you have problems with it obviously if you, 
you know, if you don't have the budget for it, it makes it really difficult. But ours was really cheap. We streamed our stuff. Our outdoor, the outdoor fields at Newman didn't have internet access. I'm pretty sure that they still don't. Um, so we streamed everything from a hotspot, and it worked. It worked great. Uh-huh. Like we never had a problem with it, and it was pretty ineffective. The first year, so we always were streaming for basketball inside. The first year we streamed for all the outdoor sports. We literally took the desktop computer that we had in their in the arena in the gym, and just we put it in a cooler that had wheels on it, and we just we wheeled it around this cooler, and because that was our budget, we couldn't. Uh-huh. I mean, we just made do with what we had, purchased the hotspot, um, and. It's one of those you just got to be creative and try to make try to make the little steps, and those little steps will eventually add up, and you'll get to that level where you want to be. Another thing is, uh, just reach out. I would reach out to people that do stream a lot and ask to see what their numbers are like. Ask ask them to see like how many people are watching those games, and when you put those those numbers in front of it, it's a lot easier to sell. It's a lot easier to be be like okay our soccer game, we get this many hundreds of views online and look at the response we get on social media or, you know, look at this email I got from these parents that are, that are out of the region or they're out of the country and they, they could follow our games because we streamed it. I think that'd be the easiest way or the best way to really approach it and just try to make those steps to become better with it and okay. do more. Okay. All right. Um, let's move on a little bit into your, into your career, how you got to Rogers state. I'm interested on that process. Have you ever, have you ever actually been to Oklahoma before you got there? Uh, all my experience in Oklahoma would have been, I don't think I ever drove through it cause we've been to Texas a few times, but I actually, the first time I went to Oklahoma was at Fort Hayes for some games and then, um, what really, what got me to Oklahoma is my wife. She's from Tulsa. Okay. So, and Roger State's in Claremore. That's about 30 minutes outside of Tulsa. So, my wife actually is a Newman alum. She went to Newman. She's a teacher. Um, graduated from Newman. I met her at a Newman basketball game. Her younger sister went to Newman as well and was a cheerleading coach at that time, like a cheerleading assistant, kind of helped out. Okay. And she came to the game to see her sister. And she, her sister, I knew her well because she would help out with marketing stuff in the athletic department. She introduced us. Funny thing about her first time we met was at a basketball game. I remember her very well. I mean, she stuck out to me like like crazy. Just My wife is just, she's so beautiful. Her blue eyes, just the, the most beautiful person that, in that gym that day. Um, she... So, so that was that was fun. But I remember she's obviously from Tulsa. She was living in Wichita, teaching kindergarten at that time. Mm-hmm. And I remember we kind of were looking to you know get closer to where she's from, Wichita to Tulsa. It's a little less than three hours, and we were making the trip as much as we could because she is very close with her family. Um, and Rogers, it just kind of—I mean, we're in the same. Newman and Rogers is in the same conference. Okay. I had a good relationship. I mean, I still have a great relationship with Sarah. The now Sarah Braun, um, is our associate AD here at Rogers. She used to actually be assistant AD for media relations, so I got to know her then. I actually met her when I was at Davenport at Costa in Marco Island. Got to know her a lot from just. Rogers joining, Roger State joining the conference, um, and they had a position open up. She reached out to me, and I remember she called me and she said, hey, are you, are you sitting down right now? I was in my office at Newman at the time. I'm like, yeah, it was a Monday, like, mm-hmm. I had no idea, and she asked, yes, I want to be their sports information director. And I remember the first thing I thought was, well, you guys have a sports information director, and he's all, he, it was Scott Slarks at the time, and he also was in on this call, so it was Sarah and Scott calling me, and I was kind of like, so what is Scott doing? 
Well, he's taking the position of um, Steve. He's left to do radio at Roger State at that time. And they were going to promote Scott. Sarah was also getting promoted. She was going to stop doing the media relations side of it. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to hire me to fill what was Scott's old position. And they were just kind of moving around, shuffling around. And I remember, like, there was nothing out there saying about this was going on or anything. And I remember I was like, wait, what? And I didn't give him an answer right away. Um, at that point, I had to call Caitlin right away. And she was like, just, she pretty much was like, take it right now. And I was like, no, oh, no, we got to kind of, you know, see how it goes. I went there to like interview. They showed me around campus. I feel like I got the closest thing I've ever would have, can ever get to having like a recruiting visit. Uh-huh. Like they, they're like they tried to show up, show up everything. They took me to dinner. They're like, "We'll take you wherever you want for dinner." Um, and I remember we were in Sarah's office just talking about anything RSU, anything sports info, anything like Heartland Conference. And we just sat in her office as me, her, and Scott, and we were there till like like midnight one in the morning just talking about the business talking about you know the opportunity to work there and i remember just having such a great feeling about rsu at that point and they dropped me back off at the hotel the next morning i just drove back to work at newman um and i remember i talked to caitlin and it was just it was just amazing experience it was one of those where you just knew it was the perfect fit it was the perfect opportunity it allowed us to get close to home for Caitlin, and it was it was one of those I couldn't tell them fast enough how much I wanted to be there. And then the best part about it too, like that was so out of the blue. I mean, it was like in October. I started in November. Um, Caitlin teaches kindergarten, and she kind of had the same experience. At first, we were gonna kind of she was gonna keep doing what she was doing. We were just engaged at that point. We weren't even married. She's going to just live where she was still living with her roommate and just teach and then try to get a job at the end of the school year. Well, the school where her younger sister and brother actually go to, they had an opening. They had a first grade teacher just leave in the middle of the year. And uh, her mom was like, well, my, my daughter teaches kindergarten. And her fiance just got a job in Tulsa, well, outside of Tulsa. But she, so she's looking to get back in the area. And she kind of the same thing, called her up, wanted her to come, you know, be a first grade teacher. They were kind of scrambling. It's hard to get a teacher in the middle of the year like that. Yeah. And it's one of those, like, yeah. like it just, it was like it was meant to be that we were going to come to Tulsa at that moment to just have two opportunities out of the blue, just reach out to us. I mean, that's within a few months of each other. It just, it's one of those we look back and we're like, we knew it was, it was just the perfect situation. And it was, it's really really was meant to be for us, for both of us. Okay. All right. Well, that's a nice story. At least at least yeah. you, you're supposed to be in Tulsa. It does sound like that. Um, but there are a couple changes going on at RSU that, that I've, I've learned about. Uh, what is it like being media relations in a time where you're changing conferences? <laughs> uh, it actually hasn't been too bad. We're still two years away. What... What makes it interesting was that it all came about, you know, the opening opening week of the season. I mean, we announced on a Wednesday we had events on Thursday, we had events on Friday. I mean, it was it, it happened so quickly too. Uh, the whole process of changing conferences, uh, so it's different trying to get to know some of the people in that conference, trying to get to know their conference SID. I mean, I've been in the I've been at two schools in the Heartland Conference, you know, Newman for three, here for now two. I've been in the Heartland Conference for five years. It kind of turned into what I know, and it's it's interesting. And we've just now kind of scratched the surface of doing it, um, of trying to get to know what the Lone Star Conference is going to be like, what what sports info departments are going to be like. I know they do a very good job. The schools itself, they do a very good job um, as far as just. Their, their sports in general and the athletic programs. So it's uh, it's going to be fun. I know we're really excited. We view it as a, a step in the right direction. I mean, RSU's only been D2. We're in our second year as full members. 
So we just kind of we view it as that next step to you know just getting better to get to that level where we want to be. Okay. All right. Well, let's transition to the part of the interview to where uh, I like to ask some fun questions. Okay. Uh, my first question for you, I know you've listened to a lot of episodes, so what is your favorite memory in your professional tenure? I would say, I'm going to throw this one out because I know my wife's going to miss, or didn't listen, so my favorite first memory would be meeting her at a game, but besides that would be being with the lacrosse team at Davenport when they won a national title. That was by far like the coolest thing I've seen. I mean, you see so many guys just completely happy. Plus, we had a 20-hour bus drive back. So, <laughs> you know, we're just just on this high for so long until we got back. And to just see how they wanted to, they, they played some really tight games and, and came away with some wins. It was just, it was so exciting. Um, and to see the amount of coverage that they got and everything involved, it just, that was by the coolest thing that I've experienced in my, my career so far. What about a, a horror story? Do you have one of those? I can think of experiences where, man, I mean, besides like neutral site softball or volleyball events where I'm not sure I'm ever going to get stats, like, <laughs> I, the only other, I mean, I can think of maybe at games where I thought we were going to win, and I, I mean, I can think of Newman, the biggest horror that I saw was that we blew like our 15-point lead late in the game in the conference tournament. We still ended up making NCAA tournament, so that was, that was nice, but um, we blew like a lead that was... And I wasn't there. I was following out live stats. And it was one of those, you refresh it, and you're like, did they put points on the wrong side? 15 points to tide happened really quick. So, um, but the only horror stories I can think of is either softball, volleyball, neutral site, early on when, you know, looking at some stats and realizing, like, whoever was doing it couldn't read our numbers. We had some bad numbers at volleyball, some white-on-white numbers. So, oh, yeah. I can think of some of those and restating some of those. And I can think of also having three events going on at the same time at Newman. You know, little baseball, softball, basketball at the same time and trying to figure out what to do there. So those are the closest thing I'd say to having like a horror, like bad, bad memory, I guess, bad event. Okay. I like to, I like to forget the bad things. I like to you know try to stay positive and you know think about all the great things that I've done. <laughs> all right. So um, next question: When you look around, you know your your conference, Division Two, maybe in the country, and you look at an SID and you say that, that that that's a good one right there. What are some things that they do or some characteristics that they have that make you say that? I'd say. A lot of it is just seeing, it's not even necessarily what they produce, It's just, but seeing the respect that they gather from other SIDs. So people I think the most highly of, it's because you can tell they have the respect of their peers, they have the respect of their coaches, their their athletic department, their whole institution. Um, I mean, there's, there's ones too, I think they do a great job as far as, you know, they're great writers, they're great with graphics, they're, they're great at just promoting their programs, getting them getting themselves in, you know, the local media or, you know, national media at some point. And, um, but really just seeing, like, guys out there that they just, they have that respect of everyone in the business and you just look up to them because you can tell there's so many people that look up to them that they, you just know they do a great job. You know, I mean, I, I try to follow a lot of what people do and I notice what people do. But I really notice what others think of each other in the business and how highly someone's thought of because so-and-so knows them and knows what they did at this stop or knows what they did at this stop. Like, it's it's great to see, like, so many people that get recognition from each other and to know that they do just a phenomenal job. And, you know, there's so many SIDs out there that do do a, an awesome job. And it's just there's so many out there that I wish I knew, I wish I knew more of them, honestly. To just see what they're doing and you know maybe just on social media just be like hey love seeing what you guys are doing or love seeing what you're doing out there it's just there's so much that goes into it okay all right uh what's one thing you're interested to learn more about in this profession i mean besides like i'm kind of at that point where i feel like i want to get better at, i'm getting decent at doing graphics and 
seems like everyone's trying to do more motion graphics, that sort of stuff. So that's like my new project, just to try to learn how to do more of that. Um, really, it's just to try to learn more about just what's out there. I've been D2 for years now. I mean, I have a little experience in AI. I went to a D1 school, but really um, try to learn more about those departments that are, you know, what, what are they doing at D1? I mean, what's what's a small D3 one-man shop? What are they doing? What else? What's kind of expectations? Um, really just, I guess, try to diversify how people know what, like, to know what's going on out there. I feel like my region, we all know each other, what they do, and it's pretty similar. But then I go out and I see some some other schools that are, you know, maybe they're D2 out on the West Coast or out in Northeast, and I see something they produce, I'm like, whoa, that's that's different. That's something I haven't thought of. So really just, uh, just looking to expand um, and see more and get to know more people in the business and what they're doing, what they're producing, and, you know, try to stay, like, on that cutting edge and innovative and see what's really going on out there. What's uh, one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession? Do as much as you can. Reach out to as many people as you can. Uh, really, don't don't feel like anything is above or even beneath you. Like, just go out there and try to do you know a good job of what you can get. You know, if you need to just get an internship to get a start, or you know, be a student worker, just go in there and try to be a sponge. Try to absorb anything that you can you know that you can pick up on, and you know, even if it's something you don't think you need to know then. Like, there's a few times I look back, I'm like, man, I wish I would have really tried to absorb more of that information and so I could use it now. Um, but just really try to learn from as many people as you can and learn as much as you can. And then really to develop those relationships with people. Um, I know I, got, I have a lot of friends in the business just from kind of developing Twitter, Twitter-like conversations or so anything on social media. I mean, one of my best friends in the business, she's... We started just, we liked what each other put on uh, Twitter as far as what it was related to in the business at that point. And now, like, she's one of the first, one of the first uh, calls I make if I, you know, have any questions or, you know, maybe Ben or, you know, what's going on. So I'd say, especially early on, I, I can look back and think, man, I don't know that many people in this business. But if you just get out, reach out to people, I mean, send an email send a send everyone loves letters like send a letter like if someone sent me something just like hey i'm so and so and it came right to my desk i got in the office i'd be like this person really wants to be in this business this is really someone i want to get to know and really help out so yeah just reach out to people and try to grow grow your network um you never know how they can help you whether it be future career like maybe some jobs out there or whether just help you grow in your knowledge of what you need to know for the profession. Work-life balance. What do you do to have fun? What do I do to have fun? <laughs> this is this is a fun one because I feel like I married the perfect girl because she does not really care about sports unless it's gymnastics, which if you saw her, you'd understand. She's tiny little former gymnast. She loves gymnastics, which is definitely outside of my comfort area of sports so that's cool to see um so outside of work and we live by our family so we we have a lot of family time i can think last night we hung out with her family the funny thing is my wife has no interest in sports well i wouldn't say no interest i mean we go to games together mm -hmm. we actually are we actually are season ticket holders for a small summer soccer program and soccer club in town so that's like our sports togetherness in the summer um, and that's that's always a lot of fun. We get a few RSU guys on that team, a lot of local Oklahoma players and just some good D1 players. But um, I like to we like to read. Uh, we like to go on little road trips. I mean, those free weekends when you can. Uh, we like to go, we just went to Dallas the weekend before. Went to Kansas City. I can think of just going to like places we can drive to for the weekend and just getting away. And then honestly. We watch a lot of Netflix. We get we binge some shows like crazy on Netflix when we just want to relax. There's those days when, you know, I've had a long day. My wife, just maybe she had a kid that wasn't behaving that well. Like, we just want to just relax and put on whatever binge 
watching show and have fun or if we can't think of anything, my wife's a big a huge fan of Friends. Wow. I think we watch I think we watch Friends like just a random episode. We usually watch like an episode before we go to bed just just because we're getting ready and just want something kind of funny in the background. I would say that. And then my wife doesn't think I'm much of an outdoorsman, but I like to get outside. I was in Boy Scouts, was an Eagle Scout. I like to camp, hike, that sort of stuff. My wife might disagree on that, though, because she, she's set at there. And our hiking is pretty limited in Oklahoma. So I, I still have to prove her wrong. Um, so camping, hiking, swimming, um, that sort of stuff, too. Cycling, we, we both... That's our, another thing we like to do together is we like to, we both have some nice bikes and we like to go around town. There's some nice biking trails in, in Tulsa, right on the river and stuff. So we do a lot of that too. Okay. All right. Uh, what are you guys binging right now? I'm just curious. On Netflix. Ozarks. we got two more episodes that we hopefully will watch sometime this weekend. We watched, we, we kind of do like one or two a day um, if we have time. I remember we went to our, we went to the in-laws yesterday. And we're hanging out with them, and she's like looking at her watch. She's just like, if we leave by now, we can watch two episodes. We ended up staying a little bit later, which is perfectly fine. I mean, I love love hanging out with her family. Got to see um, our little nephew. He was there. He's, shoot, how old is he now? Seven months old. So we got to hang out with him a bunch. So we hung out with him a little bit longer than we thought, so we only watched one episode last night. Oh, that's too bad. Only one episode. You know, I saw. I thought that. How can you get a narco season three if the dude dies? Like, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't really. I don't really watch that. I'd say we watch Ozarks. We like for big Game of Thrones. We watch that on yeah. HBO. Yeah. Um, our other shows like we got some weird. We got Orange and New Black. We like watching that. One of my personal favorites is Love. It's a Netflix original. And they've had two seasons of that. It's supposed to be like modern dating, whatever. Uh-huh. It's supposed to be funny. It's got some funny moments. It's just, we kind of got hooked on it in the first season. Oh, shoot, what else do we watch? I mean, we, we watch a lot of, like, New Girl, The Office, Friends, obviously. We binge-watched, like, Luther. We just did that recently. Broadchurch. We kind of got into a bunch of British shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, And there's some shows that that aren't really that good, but we still watch, like, The Following. That was really good the first season. That's what we're doing right now. Okay, well, what season are you on? All right, well, I've, okay, listen, I've seen the whole thing. I watched it on Fox. Okay. So I've yeah. seen everything, like, into season three. In season three, I want to jump off a bridge. But, like, <laughs> that's what we've been doing right now. Is I, I've, been go, I've been re-watching it, and then it's, like, her first experience with it. So that's, yeah. that's, that's what I we've been doing. Season was phenomenal. Yeah. Second season had its moments. I thought the third season was really bad. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> Everybody had their had their th- had their stuff together. You know that. Yeah. yeah it, it just oh my god. That's that's how you blow a show right there. But um. Anyway, we we got it. We got it. We got to get back to this. So if anybody <laughs> um wanted to get in touch with you, Netflix recommendations or otherwise, what would be the best way to do it? Um, she probably on Twitter. Um. My Twitter handle is at Tim underscore Hans. It's at T-I-M underscore H-A-N-S. It's like an old college nickname. I guess he used to be called Tim Hans. Um, on Twitter, I mean, Facebook. Uh, and then I'm always open to shoot me an email. I'm always checking my email. My email is thanson. It's T-H-A-N-S-O-N at R-S-U dot E-D-U. And I'm always checking that. I will always respond to that if someone wants to reach out to me. And then, yeah, Twitter. Um if you want to add me on Facebook, go for that. Or, I mean, I Snapchat. I do anything. Just don't try to blow me up because my wife already thinks I'm on my phone enough. I mean, probably the safest way is to just send me an email because I can just wait and check those during, you know, 9 to 5 or when I'm at an event. Sometimes on Twitter, she'll be like, just stop checking that. We're trying to watch Ozarks or finish up, you know, whatever show we're watching. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to give you an option here on my final question. Uh, since you've been to a lot of places, it could either be in the Grand Rapids area, it could be Mount Pleasant, it could be Fort Hayes, it could be Newman, it could be Tulsa. 
restaurant or bar recommendation next time someone's in those areas? Ooh. Okay. I'm going to have to break down each of them because I, okay. I can't just give you one. If you ever go to Mount Pleasant, got to go to the cabin, get pizza there, and their cabin sticks. Those are really good. There's also a little hole-in-the-wall place called Freddy's that has the best burgers I've ever had in Mount Pleasant. Um, Grand Rapids, I think if you're in Grand Rapids, you definitely have to hit Founders. I'm a big fan of Founders. Even if you're not a, if you're not into beer, um, they have some really good sandwiches. And honestly, if you go to Grand Rapids, hit up any bar or any microbrewery there. They have outstanding stuff, and there's always new stuff popping up. I mean, that's like that's like the beer capital of the U.S. Like, there's so many places that you can just go. I like to just randomly go anywhere um, and just try places. And then Hayes, you have to go to the Golden Cube. That's the most greasy, big burger, plus it's also a sports bar. And if you go to it, look right across the street, the corner, there's the bar, there's a church, there's a liquor store, and there's out the... a little bit while you're enjoying a burger. Um, Wichita, I was a big fan of Wichita Brewing Company's pizza. They had some good drinks there. Uh, Picasso's Pizza is another good place for pizza. There's some good barbecue places. Bite Me Barbecue is phenomenal barbecue right in downtown Wichita. If you're ever in Wichita, just go there. Um, there's a good sandwich. some good sandwiches places around there, too. As far as Tulsa, ew. there's, I kind of live by where University of Tulsa is, so I like Pie Hole. It's kind of like a college, kind of got a college pizza place feel to it. We like that. Um, go downtown, there's Elgin Park, has great pizza, a great place to watch games. And then there's some hole in the wall. If you want really good Mexican, it's called Don Francisco. It's a very, very hole in the wall place. They will get you the best Mexican, just like tacos, little stuff. And it's in an interesting area. There's actually two of them. Best tacos and then the best burger, I think, of anywhere on this list, which uh, I might be splitting hairs because the Q burger is really good. Mount Pleasant, Freddy's got a really good burger. But I'd say the best burger you have to go to, it's called Fat Guys in Tulsa. Uh, get the fat and juicy. They literally take two patties. And you can put whatever you want in between it. And they put those together. And they call it the fat and juicy because you'll, you have to, like, poke holes in it. Because when you take a bite, that stuff that's in the middle, and there'll be, like, cheese. They'll put, like, your mustard, tomatoes, lettuce. They'll put it all, like, in the middle of it. That stuff will just, it, will, it can explode out of there. One time I took too big of a bite, and my whole back end of the burger just, just flew right out of it and flew right against the wall. It just went everywhere. Gross. So, but that's by far my burger recommendation. Apparently, I got a burger. I love burgers because I think I recommended a burger in every town. So, yeah, yeah. that's a place you definitely have to hit, and it's right next to where One Oak Field is. So, if you want to see a Double A soccer game or USL or a Double A baseball game or USL soccer game, it's right there too. Plus, I mean, I think downtown Tulsa is a lot of fun. There's other places to hit too. You can just you can just send me a message and I'll tell you I'll go with you uh, if you're in Tulsa for places. Perfect, perfect. Well, Tim Hanson, thank you very much for coming on and sticking with me through technical difficulties. But no, nobody's ever going to know that. You know why? Because I edit. That's right. <laughs> nobody's ever going to figure it out. So yeah, again, thank you very much for coming on. I I, I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks. It was fun. I'll, uh, I look, appreciate. It. Look forward to listen to it. It was really good. I liked it. Yeah. Enjoyed it a lot. Good, good. As long as people enjoy it, you know, the guest section and guest and the listeners enjoy it. Uh, that That's all that matters right now. But I want to thank everyone who has already downloaded this episode and maybe you've hit subscribe. Maybe. Just maybe. Think about it twice and then do it. So, but while you're there on iTunes, I need you guys just a small little favor. And I, I promise it just takes a couple seconds. And it's going over to the rating and reviewing section and just giving a five star or one star it, it doesn't matter. It, it really does uh, help out a long way in iTunes' algorithm, and it also keeps uh, a track of stats, apparently, is, is, how, is how they're doing uh, that sort of thing. Uh, and if you haven't already, 
Go ahead and follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook using at SportsInfoCast because SIDCast is already taken but not for long because I'm thinking about trademarking it. So take that, whoever the heck SIDCast is. So, um, yeah, that that's it. That was my... Uh, that was my grudge moment right there. But uh, if you guys ever want to get in contact with me, my email is sportsinfocast at gmail.com. Our website is sidcast.fireside. That is F-I-R-E-S-I-D-E dot F-M. And you can find all the episodes. If you remember a specific number, it goes backslash. And then the number, like this one, is backslash 39. Uh, next week, we'll have Jim Powers from Maryville on the pod. So uh, thank you all for listening, and we hope to catch you all in the next episode.